Hello, sixes. Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Messagy, and today's topic is all about anger. I'm joined by my friend, Dr. Scott LaGreca, and we discuss the ins and outs of sixes and anger through very different lenses. Even beyond the content of this episode, you'll really hear two very different sixes exploring this topic together. There's really something in here for everyone, and I think all sixes will be able to notice what they relate to, what sounds different than them, and really get some ideas for how you want to relate to this emotion, what space you want to make inside for it. It's a really good one. So enjoy. Sixes, welcome. I am extraordinarily excited today because Dr. Scott LaGreca is here with me. Enneagram six. What are you a doctor of, Scott? You want to tell us that real quick? Um, and then I'm going to say more. I have a PhD in botany, actually. Yeah. That's so cool. From a fancy school, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to name names, but um, big research <laughs> university here in uh, in Durham, North Carolina, which, uh, mm. yeah. And actually, I work here now. So, That's yeah. so cool. Okay. So, Scott and I, I think we have a very special relationship because we have actually never spoken before, but we've talked online many, 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 many times over the years. You were really like, a, I'm going to say like a primary member of my Facebook group for years. You've been oh, yeah. less active in there lately, but like, I mean, we were talking every day. Yeah. And then were. even sharing messages. And so... We have, I feel like we have a really great connection, even though we've never actually said words to each other before. So that's pretty fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you really, I'm I'm grateful that you're having me here and um grateful that you put up with me in your group because I, I would send you messages and say, like, you know, hey, but what a, like you would mention the Enneagram, you would talk about the Enneagram, uh, the Enneagram thought of the day. And I would say, Well, what about this? You know? So you yeah. were very very patient and, and yeah, thank you. Yeah. I really, I've enjoyed our relationship all these years. So it's fun to get to actually see you and meet you and have this conversation. And yeah. we are going to talk about anger. <sighs> yeah. Anger. and Yeah. Okay. Oh, I also want to say, so Scott, you self-identify as a more, you said classically phobic six. Can yeah, you, I do. Are you up for like, what does that mean to you? Like, how do you, yeah. how do you, how do you experience that? It's like, um, well, it's like the opposite of the title of your podcast, which is like <laughs> very, very inhibited, you know, and I'm in my very 50s inhibited. I, yes. Okay. <laughs> Life very inhibited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our fear, you know, for me, my fears kept me from, um, from doing lots of things. And I mean, I like my life. Um, yeah. And my fears kept me safe. And um, I make sense. Which yeah. Is something you, a phrase you taught me. But, um, but yeah, I could see where um, my phobicness has, has stopped me from different things. So, um, yeah, I'm becoming more aware of that. And that's what my, my personal journey is now. Okay. It's super cool to get to have an anger conversation with someone who identifies as quote phobic as I tend to lean more I hate the labels I really do but we're just going to go with them I tend to lean more 
quote, counterphobic, who generally I feel counterphobic uh, moments, their they're, uh, anger is very accessible. I mm. have a, anger is very accessible to me. And so I'm just glad that we're on these sort of like opposite ends of that spectrum. Uh, yeah. It'll just be a more interesting conversation, I think. So, and I really think you're going to lead this because you kind of thought some things through <laughs> and prepared. I did not. So we're going to use your notes and we're just going to talk oh, no. through these things personally. And uh, I'll share sort of what I see in my practice, you know, without outing anybody, just generally. So how does that sound to you? Yeah, I know that sounds good to me because I think we are on opposite ends because I feel like I've been anger repressed like yes. a lot of my life. Yes. Um, and actually, it's funny because um, I was in a Facebook group for type sixes and someone brought up the topic of anger and I was being very by the book and said, you know, like sixes really don't deal with anger. And 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 people were disagreeing with me, you know, and the comments were coming and I felt myself getting angrier, actually. And so I, I think my final reply was like, you know, um, I think I think you may be right about this because um, this conversation is really pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> People so thought great. that was funny. Okay, I'll set us up here. So I think anger is a really powerful emotion. I think it's an emotion that is extremely demonized in our culture. Mm. Obviously, behavior from anger can be horrendous, destructive. We know that. And certainly not here to deny that in any way, shape, or form. I think anger can be super informative for ourselves. I mean, in previous episodes, I've talked about anger can often signal, signal our own boundaries, our own sense of things. Um, but many of us have repressed it over the years. Many of us have relied too much on it to feel safe. So that's kind of the general setup. And now I, let's just talk about some things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think anger can be, actually, we had a saying, we had all these little pithy sayings in my house growing up. And one of them was, uh, anger is just one letter short of danger. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, and my parents were pretty angry, so it's very ironic um, mm, <laughs> growing mm -hmm. up, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. It can be very scary and behavior coming from anger can be yeah. like, super destructive. But I think I think anger presents a lot of opportunities um, mm. for learning your boundaries, like you said, um, mm -hmm. and also for, you know, connecting with people. Because you can, you know, if you don't react out of anger, you can... You can use it skillfully, you know. Um, mm. The first is to become aware of it. And actually what happens for me is that I don't, I don't often, I think nine times out of 10, I don't start with anger. I start from a place of like, if I really think and don't react and think about it, like I'm feeling hurt. Mm. Like my feelings are hurt. And then, then the anger comes after that. So... So do you notice in your example here, you said if you don't react to the anger, then you can kind of go back and notice the hurt. Right. Yeah. And that's usually um, the primary thing that I'm feeling. And if mm -hmm. I, if I, if I lead with, if I think about that and if I lead with that, it's coming from a place of vulnerability, which I think 
um, you know, people people respond to better than if you're just a big blustery explosion of anger. Have you ever heard, this is from Brene Brown, uh, vulnerability is the first thing I want to see from you and the last thing I want you to see from me. I, I do love Brene Brown and, and um, I think I remember that quote. Yep. Isn't um, it just so true? It's perfect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I really want to, I really want to feel your openness. I really want to know that you're going to show me who you are, but I'm going to keep this shit locked down until I feel safe enough, whatever that is. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So do you think anger is always secondary to something else? This is something I'm just going to, this is a little bit of a loaded question because I don't think this, (laughs) and I'll talk more about that. But I think this is something that is taught in therapy a lot of times. I think this is sort of taught as a core principle is that anger is a secondary emotion. And I think sometimes it is like what you just described. Gosh, it's so hard for me to say universally. I think, I think, I know for me, we don't, I'm, we don't so, know for everybody. It's okay. Right, we can just right, disclaimer okay, that disclaimer is out there. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, I think for me, it's, like it's, I think mostly nine times out of 10, it is like a secondary emotion when I really think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Secondary to hurt. Mm-hmm. Or shame to, or ooh, fear. Shame. Fear maybe too. Yeah. yeah. Totally. What about sadness? Do you ever feel like you get angry instead of sad? Huh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, and powerless. That's another one. Sixes do not, I mean, what human is a fan of this emotion, but the feeling of powerlessness, I'll cover that up with some fury. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's funny. Um, Actually, thinking about this podcast, I came up with different reasons why sixes get angry. Let's hear them. I think powerlessness, you know, feeds into is one of them because you talked with well, the last, the last uh, podcast I heard from you talks about authority figures. And yeah. I think if we set up a, an authority figure in our, in our heads and we put them on a pedestal, um, sometimes they're going to do something that is against our values or else yes. they're going to ask us to do something that's, against our values and so we hit our boundaries and and we get angry you know yeah so i think i think this anger and and powerlessness too um about being under the thumb of someone and they may not even be like have power over us but we put them there in our heads you know i mean sometimes they do have power over us if it's like a a political figure or or a boss you know Mm -hmm. or a parent Or parents, right. And that's really hard to escape um, when you're a kid, right? So I think we, the anger comes, tell me if you agree with this. I'm just going to say things and obviously you can be like, oh, yes or no. I think when it comes to that dynamic, the anger gets so strong because we don't have a sense that we can just have a direct conversation. Like we don't have enough sense of ourselves to right. to be like, hey, you know what? Dot dot dot, whatever. So it's almost like we use the anger as a mechanism 
to, I don't know, to kind of handle the situation. Sometimes it's going to be at the authority. Usually Mm -hmm. it's going to be about the authority to someone else, right? Like we'll get real angry with. Right. Right. That's true too. Yeah. That directional authority thing is very different depending on how we orient as sixes. But do you, do you agree with sort of that? What I'm saying here is it's, and someone said this in my group once too, I was like, yeah, that's so good. It's like, we need the anger to kind of, I don't know, even like find ourselves in the situation. Right. Well, I think it's very funny because I, I I take back what I said in that Facebook group that sixes don't feel anger, but I would think I would say that we're not that skillful with anger yes. um, because, and there is such a thing as, you know, the body types being anger is their go-to thing. Yep. So we're talking types eight, nine, and one, and then yep. what, um, two, three, and four are the heart types yep. um, leading with shame or sadness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a big, big thing for them. Um, I think the body types may actually handle anger more skillfully. They um, they feel the confidence in their body and they 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 live in their body so they actually can direct that anger in a more skillful way and i think i think feeling that confidence too has to do with um oh i don't know i've heard the term like moving through type 3 which means type 3 is all about being authentic and actually feeling like you're equal yeah esteem equal is the word i use for 3 like a sense of healthy esteem yeah yes that's right so being able to live you know feel that you have the right to be angry means that you are equal right yes so i think i think that's what you're getting at when you're talking about being yeah feeling like you can express the anger i like what you're saying that we aren't skillful with it it's like it's like we the way that I think about it is we don't know we can hold the intensity of it. So right. it squirts out in all these ways that we wouldn't necessarily choose if we whoo, could really just be with the intensity of it. And, yeah, right. Yeah. And and then recognize it, explore it, own it, and then choose what we want to say and do with it. Do you kind of agree with that? I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. And I think I think it's good for sixes to be able to learn to to live in our bodies. Um yeah. I think it's really funny. Like I've I've practiced that at work and it's like, well, a lot of I heard this phrase like the brain taxi. You're like a lot of sixes. <laughs> have you heard that before? No, but I have. I call it just like float the floating head thing. I think it's a similar That's- that's the same idea, right? So you're seeing your body, if you're a head type, especially you're seeing your body as just a means of like getting your brain from one place <laughs> to another. Totally. But, <laughs> right. But I've actually practiced like walking down the hall at work or even walking, you know, into my house. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to live in my body. I'm going to, I'm going to walk with purpose. I'm going to feel, you know. Um, can you say and, more and, about and, the how of that, Scott? Like, are you, can you share more like what do you mean? Gosh, it's like I'm going to pay attention to my gait, yeah. to my steps. I'm going to, you know, I'm even going to, like, I have colleagues in my field, and I, and sometimes I think, like, oh, what are they doing right now? Or are they off on some field trip? And then 
I realized like maybe some of them are thinking about me and what I'm doing right now, possibly, you know, just, and, and I, I think to myself like, oh, I take up space. I'm, mm. it's really hard to put a finger on. I don't, because I'm a head type, I don't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not skillful with that experience, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's more about filling your space. I love this. Like really just noticing I take up space. I think, oh, there's just something so key here because because we are so in our head, we it's almost like we can sometimes think we don't impact the people around us. Like we don't exist in the same way that they exist. Right. We really make people bigger than they are. We make ourselves smaller than we are. And this is one of the reasons I feel like we don't we don't see our impact when we get angry because we're like, well, you're the big powerful person. I'm just right. trying to be heard here. And they're like, whoa, because we actually are a whole human, right? In their life, in their space. And so they're feeling the full impact of us. Right. But because we're not right. always owning it, right. I think this is how we can feel really justified and sometimes the way we act. Right. And that's also, I think, why we jump into damage control, because suddenly, you know, we're f- afraid of, of having done damage to, to our own security and safety. Yes. And, and we're, we're over-apologizing, too, to the other person. You just described the ping pong perfectly, right? This is what we do. Sometimes we'll get big, and then yeah. we're like, oh, no. So then we get tiny, tiny, tiny. So sorry. Like, sorry Sorry I existed. Sorry for everything. Sorry for everything ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, I think this lack of, yeah, lack of not living in our bodies and lack of self-confidence also um, leads to um, some, you you kind of get resentful after you do the damage control and over-apologize. And back to the authority figure thing um i think once you hit your your anger and your boundary against an authority figure um sixes are known for rebelling right Mm -hmm. yep and i think anger is the basis of that so i've Mm -hmm. i'm very i'm very follow the leader until until i'm not until i'm not until i'm not and whatever that limit is i hit and but i as a phobic six i don't i don't have a blustery like counterphobic rebellion i will and actually i had a moment thinking about this podcast because i think i think i i did a little shadow work and and realized something about myself it's like uh i think the way that phobic sixes may rebel is in a sneaky way Mm. so so we don't do the big explosion of anger what we'll do is do this and it's, it's it's this lack of skillfulness with anger but we you know like um my boss will say will want me to do something or not do something and then like 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 and then i'll go ahead and do it anyway behind his back you know you know yeah i hope hope he's not listening right now (laughs) but yeah that kind of thing or my husband will say you know like i don't think you should have another drink you've had enough and then i'll be like you know, and I'll be like, okay, to his face. And then I'll be like, then I'll just go and have another drink. Cause I'll be like, F you, you know, 
God, I can do I what I want. I'm just so thankful that you're willing to share these examples because I feel like I've been here like blowing the door off what counterphobics do and all of our sort of like big assholery. And so it's so <laughs> refreshing for you to be here sharing some like truth telling around what phobic sixes can do, right? That sort of like sneaky. And then, and then it's a very distancing thing, right? It's very distancing to be. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, it's not, it's not saying, Hey, equal, I'm actually going to do this thing because mm. I can, because I'm right. an adult and you're an adult, or I'm going to have this conversation with you, boss. And I'm actually going to like, let you know why I might do this. Right. That would be the e bringing yourself equal. Instead, yes. it's this distancing, like, well, I'm just going to da 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 da. But then there's this gap and there's a lack of intimacy in that. There's a lack of, and right. then we can also be like, they're so controlling. Right. Oh, it's a, it's a feedback. It's a, it's a loop, you know, like you said. And, um, I think, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's very, damaging in a way to your self-confidence too because because instead of i mean i can i can be compassionate with myself because i know that growing up in in with my parents it's like um sometimes that was the only way i could do the things i want to do is to oh, go totally yeah but as, a, as an adult functioning male in my 50s it's like it's not on you know it just it's not cool I mean, it says that i i won't i i always use should and good and i don't mean it like that it's more like it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not an easy way for me to live in the world. I think is something you you said before. Yeah, or we can just look at. I mean, I really like to just frame it: the cost of our adaptive strategies. Yeah. To me, that feels it. very unshaming, right? It's like, oh, I'm here with all of the strategies that I needed and adopted as a child. Like, oh, I'm still here with right. those, and now the more I try to be in my life as a full adult, I notice the cost of all of these adaptive strategies that I still have. I don't need to be mad about that. Well, because right. that's another, ooh, this is a good segue. Anger turned toward <laughs> self. Right, there you go. Yeah, so I feel a little protection against that with my particular strategies. For whatever reason, my anger's mostly turned outward that has its own costs for sure but mm -hmm. it's i don't know it's like it's different like when i work with people who have a real inward anger which is that real repression of anger mm -hmm. it's more self-harming so i can like yeah. i've blasted my life in all kinds of ways do not get me wrong but like the <laughs> self-harm has not yeah. been as present. So I don't know. What is your thing about that? Yeah. I mean, I think I think my brain is literally devil's um, advocating everything I just said. So whatever. Yeah, right. But carry yeah. on. Yeah. Hello, hello, six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I agree. It's like that 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 anger at yourself um comes when when I'm when I'm sneaking around about, you know, like in my rebellion, uh, I get angry at myself. It yeah. also it continues the anger at the other at the authority figure too. But um, yeah, I think, I think we get in a place if we're not meeting the person we're angry with as an adult human equal, you become angry at yourself. And also yeah. it, it fosters shame too, actually. So um, much shame. 
And it's so, it's really bad because it kind of, well, bad. Oh my God, there's one of those words, but it's bad for me. It's not healthy for me. I know because, you know, I, I, oh, what do I want to say? Um, I'm buying into the idea that the, that the person I'm angry with or the authority figure um, is right about something. I haven't actually confronted mm. So, or held yourself, yeah, to uh, maybe a hard conversation. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so it's yeah. like I'm, I'm stuck in this sort of shame cycle and an anger cycle, a lot of which is directed at me. Yeah, man, I just do think when it's when it's gunky, that shame and anger are so, so tied together so tight mm. together because what is shame really but self-directed anger right you're the worst yeah. you're terrible you're horrible or this outward because I think a lot of my strategy is to protect myself from shame I think my protectors just look different so mm. it's like you you know I really can go outward very easily and strongly and even very attacking and I think there's some self, whatever mental gymnastics happening that protects me from shame. So in that, it's I'm not, it, none, none, neither of these strategies are obviously better or worse or whatever. But that's what I have right. to watch out for when I set down my anger is I kind of need to like watch because that's when I will turn on myself. Right. So I use it very protectively. Right. Yeah, I can see that too. I yeah. can understand what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. If I set down that intensity and that anger and that like clear, like you're the problem. Well, uh-oh, then what am I going to do to myself? So that's really <laughs> been my work is to set down the anger as feeling so necessary and then be able to stabilize inside without that outward energy focus. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes okay. sense. Like really um, honor my own tenderness without being mad about that. That's right. my, that's the fear. Because it's Got like, oh it. gosh, yeah. I'm actually just this squishy, scared human. Right. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it, it's it's hard to carry around the anger. It's just it's harder, I think, as I get older too. So you want to mm. set that set that down for that reason i did there is a quote about anger that's like if you are resenting someone it's like it's like drinking poison and hoping it affects the other person hoping it kills the other person totally Absolutely. and and really it's just really hurting you because I, in my life i've found that like most of the time that person doesn't even know doesn't know that you're 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 ghosting them or you're treating them like coldly and not texting them back you know and that kind of thing and um they if you ask them or if someone would ask them like they wouldn't know why you're doing that because you haven't had that hard conversation but they may not even be aware you're doing it that's the other thing oh, they might not even know too. at all oh, do God. you do you consider that 60 testing I'm always mm, curious yeah. about this because I, you know, you hear this all the time and I'm always like, I don't, it's, I think I have a blind spot there for around myself. And when I do that, because I'm just, it's not as clear to me as so many other 60 things. 
Right. Um, right. I think that is a way of testing. And um, I like to think I'm beyond that. Yeah. Um, oh, in my yes, own personal growth. Yeah. Right. But um, I think I may still do that, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of lots of things like that. Like as a six, I I feel like I'm going to be up for the most loyal human award, you know, like the, the most loyal human award goes to Scott LaGreca, you know, and everyone else is falling short. So yes. I really have to step back from that. You know, I used to you, not think and now I see that more and more. Yeah. In myself. I really think that the healthiest, most integrated version of us is not a loyal person. Mm. I think it's a devoted person. There you go. What's the distinction? I think the distinction is choice. So blind loyalty is not about the other person, people, whatever. It's about us getting safety and security. Right. Devotion is I have chosen based on my values and my sense of things to really focus on and drive forward what I think is important. Even if I get judged, even if other people don't think I'm being loyal to them anymore, even all that kind of stuff. Right. Cause you, you taught me this, you want to have your own back. And I used yes. to not think, I used to not really, that didn't resonate with me. But when I sat with it, it was like, yeah, it's actually true. I want to have that what? loyalty to myself and devotion. Yes. Loyalty to self first, which I know can be like, that can sound like, uh, I don't know, blasphemy kind of, right? Selfish, whatever. But, Right. Right. But the truth is, if we don't know who we are and we're not willing to stand for that, right? then we're looking externally to be filled up in that way. Right. And then it's constantly, honestly, it's quid pro quo at that point, right? Like, you're going to tell me who I am and support me, and then I'll support you. And it's like, no, no, we got it. We've got it backwards a lot of times. Exactly. No. Yeah. yeah you, that's exactly I want to know right. who I am, and then I'm going to use that 60 devotion to drive that forward. And that right. means I'm going to feel scared a lot of the time. <laughs> Right, exactly. But that's okay. We need to be dis- yeah. uh, uncomfortable, right? You know. I mean, we're uncomfortable we to- anyway, right? Life is right, right, right. I'm uncomfortable if I'm loyal to someone because I think they're going to keep me safe, and I'm doing all the things to like cultivate that. It's like, well, that that can make me feel uncomfortable too. <laughs> so well, I might as well be uncomfortable in a way that supports me. Right. Well, because to your earlier point, when we do that, that is actually when we start living in more resentment. Mm-hmm. We're going to start seeing more weird anger stuff, but we're not really owning what's creating it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where that's really, right. it gets really twisty. Because we're like, hey, yeah. I'm doing all this stuff for you so that I can feel safe and secure. Sure, right. I didn't mention that because I didn't <laughs> know. It's right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. That's the thing. It's the self-awareness of seeing it, it's you know, which is like, it? yeah, um, I have another thing that um, six is get angry about. Excellent. You want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this um, kind of loyalty to uh, tradition and convention and, and we, I find myself like I work in a 
a museum situation where we have a bunch of biological collections. So I'm curator of that. And oh I gosh. hear that's a very, very sexy profession. So I'm kind of dedicated so to cool. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks. But there's a, a way that we do the specimens, you know, um, and it's the way, you know, Professor Culberson did it and then the professor before him. And so if I have someone else that's working with me and they like want to change it up, I'm just like, uh, you know, I, I like, ah, you can't do that. Right. So you get angry at other people because you're just such a stickler. Um, mm. Because I feel following all those those rules and those traditions are going to keep me safe. Right. OK. And this is so interesting because I don't have that. Oh, yeah. OK, right. right? You've mentioned so, that in previous podcasts. That's right. I'm yeah, like, tell me more about that. I think that this is one of the fundamental different ways of presentation is now what you're describing makes a lot of sense because you're preserving physical things. So mm. that is something I could get, I could get behind. I'd be like, that makes sense. Now, if someone mm. had a new idea, I would listen to that new idea. And I would mm. be like, well, let's consider, but I don't think that would make me anxious. What makes me anxious are, well, we've believed it this way forever. So we just keep doing that. And I'm like, no, let me show you all the ways. That's bullshit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is the other wow. end of the spectrum. I'm like, if you put me in a system, I'm in there poking holes in that shit as fast as possible. And then telling everybody how it's messed up. Yeah, it's, no, it's that's delightful. It's delightful to have me <laughs> around. <laughs> No, I just, I toe the line and like, yeah, I'm very, I'm like lead with social instinct as well. So it's like, I want, you know, I want there to be an order. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So I think it's just so fun to have all of that exposed as that's all six, because for me, what's the fear? Okay. So the fear in that pokey holes thing is we're doing it wrong. And if we're doing it wrong, then we're leaving someone like we're, we're, leaving someone out we are messing something up and we the fear is if we don't get it right we're all gonna fucking oh. die <laughs> right something like so that. that is the core fear that's driving all of the pokey 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 it's still fear it just presents mm. in a very toward aggressive way so interesting isn't that fascinating because mm -hmm. how is yours fear how would you describe it? Like, what's the fear around? Because the way you said it sounds lovely. It doesn't sound fear-based at all. Right. Oh, just like sticking to traditions and so on. Um, it's hard to put a finger on. It's almost like if, if we don't, yeah, if we don't do it the way it's always been done, then um, you can have like oddball specimens that don't, like match the other ones so you don't have this and for some reason someone's going to see that in the future and then i'm out of a job you know okay which is a huge leap actually <laughs> i mean what are we doing if not leaving to conclusions yes yeah but i but think so it comes had, back to yeah. how will i will i get in trouble yeah, will I get in trouble? That's a yeah. huge thing for me. And I'm in my I'm a man in my 50s. Like what the yeah. hell, brain? It's a core 
I'm going to do a podcast about that one, actually, because that is a core yeah. uh, avoidance for sixes is avoidance of delinquency, which is effectively fear that someone will be mad at us. Yeah. Oh, my God. I used to core... think I, I've done, you know, the self-development for a while, so I'm not like this anymore. But I used to go into my job thinking like every day I'm going to get fired for something. Right. Yeah. And I go into work like you're lucky to have me. I already fired you. That's the different posture. Oh, that sounds like that sounds like an eight, which I think you mentioned. I have an eight. But it's not an eight. But this is why counterphobic sixes can look like eights because it is. It's that like I've already, I've I've already quit you. So Uh, yeah. You know what's so funny though? It's so funny because I feel like eights are have anger in a skillful way. I, I I can tell. I think I can tell. If a counterphobic six is coming at me with a lot of bluster, I can still see the fear in your eyes. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. As, as opposed right. to an anger, who's who's a, as opposed to an eight or nine or one who's really like leading in, in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I I'm married to a one, and he definitely like he worries. He's a self-pres one, so he worries about things a lot. But mm. what you're saying rings really true. Like there's just such an embodied confidence that when he's angry it's not fear no it is not yeah. it's something very different he's well, just anger like, is yeah. anger is the fixation of one isn't yeah. it so oh yes it yeah. is. <laughs> that's our but passion or one of them yeah it's, but it's a very it's what you said was so interesting i was thinking about it when you're describing it because he just it is a very embodied experience of anger yeah. as opposed to this like like it's coming out of me so frequently right yeah. Isn't that, I think I can see that. Yeah. I mean, when I, I see think I'm going to hold it or I'm going to just, it's just coming out. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um, I have a, 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 the third reason that sixes get angry. Perfect. You're so good at keeping <laughs> us on track. I'm like, yes, wonderful. <laughs> um, I think it has to do with um, doing things. I, I think me and a lot of sixes put together a list of things to do every day. And these are the things that I, I never knew this before. Like I, you know, I never knew this before I discovered the Enneagram and knew my type, but it's, it's so true that if you do all these things on your list, then the reason is, is suddenly you are more secure and safe by doing them. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's a long list of things I do. I would make a list to do every day, you know, I'm going to take the garbage out or whatever it is and, you know, stop and get this at the store and call this person. And um, I think the things that I want to do, and I've read this before with other sixes, the things that I want to do are always at the end of the list. And usually by the time the day is done, mm. I don't get to that part of the list. So I'm resentful, actually. I'm I'm actually resentful that I've of all these things. So I because it's duty, 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 yeah. duty, duty. Then Scott. Right. Yeah. And then the mm. part that's like what Scott wants to do doesn't happen. So I get angry at myself or my partner. You know, I kind of just shoot at anything that moves at that point. <laughs> and uh, it's not it's not nice. And uh, so as as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I will I will stop the the duty duty stuff and like say okay i'm going to take time and watch my show or 
read my book, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Like even yeah. first? Will you sometimes put oh. yourself even first? Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Let's not get let's not let's not get crazy, Kristen. Bridge too <laughs> far, Kristen. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I will stop myself and be like, yeah. But I think it is a very sexy reason that 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 these lists happen for some of us because we think that by doing all the things on the list that we're going to be safer and secure. And it's not true, actually. Okay, so here's my version of that. That's such a good one. My version of that is respond to everyone who wants my attention. Like, Ah. I can do it. I've got it. And my duty is to do that quickly and deeply and, you know, with all the everything that I can muster. And I'll miss that I actually have limits. (laughs) And that I actually only have so much energy to give out on a daily basis. I'm also, you know, married and I have two kids and yeah, freaking new kitten to go with my new dog. I'm, oh my gosh, I know. Uh, Crazy. Yeah, if I had kids and, and pets, I'd have an even longer to-do list. Yeah, and my version of that without a list is just this experience in my being. It's my job to be responsive to everyone who wants my attention. So the list never gets made. And me, which is also just for other reasons, but I, that is the driving thing. Just be this, you know, powerful, available. So then when that goes a little too far, exactly what you just described, snap at anything that moves. Cause I'm like, wait, what? Like I swabble over give to others. Do you feel like you're ensuring your own safety and security by, Absolutely. by doing that? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's I mean, if six, I stop and slow six, down and think about it, right? Right. Exactly. Well, that's the sixth motivation. You know, That's the sixth motivation. But how differently that can look based on instincts, all the things. Yeah. So right. you have right. a sense of, I have to take care of myself and my the things around me. I'm blind yeah. to that. Mine is I have to take care of the people that want anything from me. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we're both missing that. And obviously, as grown folk, we're getting better. Um, but like, oh, wait, what about me? I should probably right. <laughs> put myself on this list, fill up my own. Kind of goes back to that whole loyalty thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So duty yeah. and loyalty, I think, are very uh, kind of synonymous. And yeah. again, as we grow, it's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me choose this instead of just. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You hit it right there. And um, I had thought of that. And I'm glad you reminded me because I think one antidote to the anger is this this affirmation. Actually, it's what I use every morning. It's one of many but i'm like i affirm i hereby affirm that i choose this i choose mm. my job i choose my relationship i mean there's someone i know yes. at work who may be a six and um and he's constantly like complaining about stuff and he's like oh well i have to stay here and clean out this fridge that broke down because like my boss won't do it if i call him and the graduate students won't come and you know so but it's like i want to tell him like but like no one asked you to say past five. No one asked you not to call 
all these people that can help you. It's like you're choosing this. You and and that bypass it 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 changes the whole narrative, doesn't it? it? Absolutely changes the whole narrative. It puts us again, it it puts us from that one down position that we so yeah. often live in to that, like, wait a minute, I'm actually an equal human on this whole deal. I make choices. Right. I have decided. Even if I yeah. decided because someone, whatever, I did choose. I do choose this job. I chose these kids. I chose to keep the cat, who I really love at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I, I think it circumvents a lot of anger because it changes the story and the narrative, you know? It, it which then changes our internal state. Yeah. And everything right. comes well, okay. from our internal state. Right, because your thoughts, you taught me this, your thoughts produce your emotions. So if your thought and is vice that, versa. Okay, everyone's, oh yeah, vice versa too. But if your thoughts are saying like, oh, you know, this these these people aren't, you know, that I'm I'm the underdog and that people are putting everything on me like workhorses, if that's your narrative, that produces these resentment feelings. Yes. But that if that's not your narrative, if you actually say I choose this, then you're like, oh. literally it's like oh okay so then what am i gonna do as opposed to so then who needs to change so that i can feel better yeah yeah right yeah (sighs) okay i think i want to honor your time do you have one oh yeah i just want to say anger is as opposed to being dangerous which it can be i think it's also an opportunity to to step up and to share um how you feel with someone right and um i always i did read a book that talked about the seven deadly sins right which is something the enneagram is sort of related to right not sin not sin in a judgmental way i don't want to put it out there but just as a way of not being mindful right and present in the moment but i think yeah it, it talked about anger um being useful uh, if if you have an eye towards reconciliation mm. and forgiveness, so just to be angry for anger's sake is um, not beneficial. Usually, it's not an easy way to live in the world. But if you come if you come to to someone else with your anger and say, "Hey, I want to reconcile," that's the end goal. Mm. And maybe it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But then it's like. Because then it opens up the opportunity for forgiveness, which I think is like one of the most powerful human experiences, you know, giving it and receiving it. So I think anger can be good because it provides the opportunity for forgiveness. So, okay, you're saying exactly what I wanted to say in different words. Well, hold on. No, that's interesting. The forgiveness piece. Say more. Mm. Is it because is because there's something about anger that is, I am a human, I exist here. And so if I own that and I desire something with you, then I've like owned that I actually can choose to forget. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of what right. you're saying? Yeah, you're stepping up and saying, I'm equal to you. I can, yes. I'm not in this underdog position, right? I can offer forgiveness or receive it Ooh. from you. Okay. This is, I'm having new thoughts. So I'm like, okay, this is exciting. I, okay. Cause anger, we've talked a lot about anger and how it is troublesome, but 
there is like what you just described is a really powerful example of how it's useful. I also am always like anger and passion feel a lot alike. So a lot of times when I talk to people and with people who don't have access to anger, there's often not an access to passion because they're both very intense Mm. emotions. Yes. Right. So if I can't handle an internal intensity and I think anger's bad, I'm just always like, well, let's explore that. Because is there also a sense we don't really know you're passionate about? Because that can be just as sort of like scary of a physical experience. So well, you don't I, know your value, you don't know your values, I think. You don't know your values. Probably- you can't maybe get like really turned up about your values because right. ooh, too much intensity. So there is something about expanding our capacity for intensity, which is a huge part yeah, of my I work. Agree. But then also really considering anger shows us our boundaries, even if it's not instant. Because a lot of times, and I don't know if you have this, but sometimes I won't even notice that I'm pissed off in the moment because maybe mm. a fawn response came on or something. But then I'll get away from the situation and I'm like, what? Right? <laughs> like, wait a damn minute. And I want to explore that, right? I right, want to say, good. what got hit in me? What what do what is that going to tell me about me that I need That's to good. pay attention to? This is why I think like we have to give anger space in our lives because it tells us about what's important to us. Right. And then you can share that too, and you can tell other people. And actually you you share, right? So you learn. Like I learn about you, you learn about me. I think there was something yes. in one of your, yeah, one of your, and that creates like intimacy, and that's a good thing. And um, I think there was something that was said. You said you get a frequent question about boundaries. Um, some of your listeners or clients talk about, you know, like, well, isn't it kind of doesn't it distance my doesn't it distance me from someone else by setting up a boundary? And you know, isn't that like? You know, isn't is is isn't that kind of a bad thing? And it's like, well, well, no, because you're actually, like you said, I think at the time, you're actually, you know, saying this is my value, and then they that person learns that about you, and then you learn their values too. So it's like there's a lot of trust. Yes, there's a lot of trust, like what we're kind of pulling out here, right? If I can trust myself with my anger then I'm going to learn a lot about me and I'm going to be sturdy with you telling me about you. Because the thing we haven't gotten into yet, maybe we can just take a couple minutes, other yeah. people's anger. Oh, yeah. That's a whole thing. Right. Yeah. So if we right. live in a way where we don't have a sturdiness with this internal mm. energy, right? then other people's anger it can just well right any <laughs> no <laughs> i have felt the problem that. yeah no exactly i've felt that and i think i don't know if i learned it i learned it from some enneagram i've just read and seen so many oh it's fine yeah yeah i don't know who i got this from but i think you know i, I the phrase i am not responsible for other people's emotions and Ooh, it's, yeah. not, it's easier said than done but i do get there in my head sometimes and so if my partner, my, if my husband's angry, I can sort of separate myself so I don't feel like I have to do all the damage control backpedaling. I can be, it sounds cold to some people, but it's like I can be compassionate to him and his experience yes. and his emotions, but I'm not 
because it's over there. Because it's theirs. Because the flip side, why this is such a hard concept for us is we are not responsible for other people's emotions. They are not responsible for ours. I know. That is true. I mean, that's the reverse, but that's absolutely true as well. If I'm in a habit of blaming other people for my emotions, which most of us have this backwards, right? This isn't just a sixth thing. This is a, we all got it backwards. Uh, that's okay. Right. <laughs> we can we that's can true. undo this as adults. If we can get that separateness and we can say, ooh, I'm sturdy and steady over here and I have all the feels and we have, we're very emotionally complex uh, number. And then we mm. can allow other people to have their feelings without, right. like you're saying, being responsible for them. And then even, I mean, what you said is kind of like next level to actually be compassionate toward them. That's a that's advanced. God, let's be honest. Hey, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah. But even just that, like, okay, that's you having an experience. You're allowed your experience. You can't treat me any old way. Well, but you, you're you allowed. Yeah. You're allowed. Yeah. You mentioned that. I think you you talked about your husband at one point and you were like, you know, you were like, I don't know what that energy is over there with near you that's right. but that's not that's me. yours it's not mark yeah that's yours and i mean i think other people's thoughts like you don't you i do not produce an emotion in someone else it's like that's right they have a thought they have a thought about what i've said or done that produces the emotion in them and we so, don't want them to have that thought if it produces right. an emotion we don't like right that's the tentacling kind of yeah. thing right yes that you talked about before in a previous podcast. Yeah. No, it's good. I'm like, oh, see, Scott has, you've never hired me and yet you know all the things. Well done. Well done. Yeah. I commit them to memory. Yeah. (laughs) That was a joke. My body was just like, ew, don't say that. Gross. Um, (laughs) Okay. We are going to end this because we could do this all day. This is, this has been so much fun. Did we hit most of your points? We did. I mean, I'm looking at my see the pa- here the paper rustling. I love all it. My notes it's so I, good. And we hit them all. So oh, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Okay, thanks for having me. I kind of can't wait to re-listen to this because that that was good. We got some good stuff in there. Hey, yeah, everything I hoped it would be. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this and for being a part of my 60 journey and of the group. We are doing this the day before I archive that Facebook group. So I've got a lot of feelings about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, June 30th tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have all the feelings about that too. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for being such an incredible part of that space. Hey, yeah. Thanks for teaching me so much. And thanks for having me on this podcast, Kristen. Awesome. You and I will uh, talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye, Scott. Bye. Okay, thanks for listening. There's some things that I kind of feel like are my mission as a life coach for sixes. I don't know why, they just seem important to me. And this relationship with anger, as Scott said, building a skillful relationship with it is just so important. Also, us building our internal capacity for this intensity so that we have choice over it This is just so much at the heart of the work, learning to be with what is in our bodies in any given moment. 
without judgment so we get choice around it. I really want to hear takeaways from this one. Send me an email about it. Tell me what you think. I really want to hear. Also, as usual, if you are enjoying this podcast, give it a rating, leave it a review. It's so helpful. I appreciate it so much. I will be back with you all very soon.